Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another episode. Something a little different this week as I recap my uh, week in Miami and the Bahamas at 70 pounds of Hugs Metal. But before we get there, Chris, my friend, how are you doing? Good. It's nice to see that you've washed up back to shore. Yes, ahoy. Um, it's been it's been a fun week, and I and I got to be honest with you, we have not talked about any of this stuff. So I figured it would just be a nice free flowing conversation. Me recapping the trips, the highlights, the lowlights, and everything else. And uh, it's it's Monday. Just a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, it's Monday when we're recording this. So I only got back three days ago, and you're going away at the end of this week. So uh, we figured we would cram this one in before uh, before you went away for a bit. Yeah, we uh, we had a chat with the uh, Metal Exchange accountants, and they said we can only send one of you to seventy thousand tons. <laughs> and Justin won the, uh, the 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 draw. I, got, I drew the short straw. So uh, maybe maybe next year we'll see. Well, they're the, sending uh, you to they're sending you to Vakin, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> yeah, they, they we've could, got that. You going know what? For us. Sa- they could save their money because I would rather not <laughs> join the sea of unbathed humanity. If I more of a more of a Sweden, Sweden rock fan, I guess that's okay. Um, that's so. Uh, did you check out anything this week? I know it's only been a few days since uh, since we recorded, but uh, I feel like a lot came out. Yeah, it's like it all takes us a few days. Um, we talked about a lot um, on uh, our last episode, but I got a chance to listen to the new Zandria album, "The Wonders Still Waiting," a couple of times, and uh, to me, and I had mentioned this to you, um, it feels as if Zandria has gone from trying to not trying but like sounding like taria era nightwish to now sounding like annette era nightwish and after listening to this album a second time today like it really was starting to remind me of parts of uh, dark passion play and imaginarium so i thought that was interesting the album hasn't grabbed me quite yet and i'm not really like differentiating song to song. Um, but I think I need to just listen to it. It's kind of a, I know we overuse this word, but it's kind of a dense album or denser than I thought it would be. Um, so, but, uh, it's enjoyable. It's just, um, right now it's almost just like one 60 minute wall of sound and I need to kind of break it down a little bit more, but, um, that and, uh, a band that you had recommended to me. And then I also noticed our, our friend Johannes of Skyblazer also, um, uh, recommended this album on his Facebook feed today, and it's a band called Rexoria, and they have a new album called Imperial Dawn. Um, I I was I listened to this today, and it was quite good. It, it reminded me of um, Metalite, uh, that kind of just melodic, like poppy kind of metal sound, um, but not like not so much like Amaranth with the death vocals. It's just uh, one one female vocalist. It's super catchy. Um, I listened to that today too. It was. I, I thought it was good. I don't know that it's going to wind up in my end of year list, but it was an enjoyable listen. For whatever reason, the last track really grabbed me. I think it was called Enchanted Island or something like that. I thought mm-hmm. that song was fantastic. Um, although I don't know that the rest of the album was anything great. It was good. It was a good. It was a good listen, but I, I didn't. It didn't. I don't think it grabbed me yet, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll be revisiting this for sure um, throughout the week. Um, and then there were two singles that popped up, like, literally later, I think the day after we last recorded, um, Magnus Carlson's Free Fall has a, uh, an album, I believe, uh, coming out soon. Yeah, they have an album called um, Hunt the Flame, and the title track from that uh, was dropped as a single. 
Um, I have not had a chance to listen to it. Um, and then there's another track that just got dropped. I also haven't had a chance to listen to, and this is also on my radar as well, but, um, Ice Age, who will be playing uh, day one at Prague Power this year, who hasn't really released anything in a long time, yeah, uh, yeah. dropped their first track from their upcoming Waves of Loss and Power album, and the track is called The Needle's Eye, and it's a beefy one at seven minutes and five seconds. So uh, I am not super familiar with this band, so I grabbed the track from their band camp um, and figured I would give it a whirl and see if I can get excited about seeing them, uh, you know, at a time where I am going to be like freaking out over power quest playing immediately after them. So, um, but, uh, I figure I'd give them a whirl. So those were the, uh, the two albums and the two singles that, uh, came across my way. And then I also grabbed, um, Jason Beeler's EP, which, um, you're, I think you've had a chance to listen to it. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. So, you can let us know uh, what you think. Yeah, Jason Beeler and the Baron Von Bielski Orchestra. Um, he came out with a new EP called Heathens. It has six tracks. It's good. It's quirky. It's just like the other album, I thought. Um, I That album took a real while. Uh, I had to let that marinate for a bit before I kind of got into it. But this one um, was a little more accessible, I think, but still in its own quirky kind of way. Um, one particular track called Human Head, I'll just leave it there and you, you can, you can listen to that um, at, at your leisure. Uh, cool stuff. Um, something that I, I, I definitely enjoy his live performance. I thought he was fantastic, especially during that acoustic show that he did with Jeff Scott Soto. I thought that was some really good stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I unfortunately missed that. Um, I've become a lot more selective in my, uh, my, you know, the bands I check out and, uh, it's far gone from the days of just sitting in the venue for the entire day. It's just too much, too much socializing to be had and too many cheeseburgers to be eaten. And so, well, that <laughs> can't, is, can't spend the- as much time in the venue as I used to, but, uh, um, I, he is a, uh, just a treat of a man. Um, just his, the interactions I've had with him just on, uh, social media alone he's just he's a hoot uh so uh, just a, a real character and a really friendly and super nice guy it's funny you talk about um you know choosing to spend your time on other things and being more selective that is the antithesis of what my trip was so I, i'm going to use that as the perfect segue and launching point into uh what was seventy thousand tons of metal so please i'm going to kind of do this sequentially and I would invite you to just cut me off with questions because I have a feeling I'm going to be rambling for a bit. But I yeah, think well, you know, I I was gonna ask to, I was gonna ask you if you could kind of uh, kind of give me like a, a, a if if you can have it written down like just a running order of um, what you saw and oh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna and, go through it all. I have yeah, this, just, I literally so how I had you, my, how, how you managed to schedule everything and and. I'm going it's, through it's fascinating it. to me because it's, it's it's a very it seems like a very daunting task. It it is, and it never goes according to plan. But I, what I <laughs> managed to do was like I t- I used the notes section on my phone to literally recap in real time what I was doing. Um, and admittedly, there were certain times where my notes were a little more copious than others. But at the, but at the same time, um, I I. It's all there, and I wanted to have it because from memory, I would not be able to do this. Like, I, I also have – I have it on authority. Somebody had told me that they saw you taking notes, so that is uh, – Oh, really? Is, I didn't even yeah. know that. 
Uh, okay. So you were you were spotted uh, doing your thing and repping the ba- repping the podcast with the shirt I saw in a photo, which was yeah yeah had much, to had to put that out there. Uh, somebody did come up to me, so uh, shout out to to them. I, I, I it was a it was it was a very different experience than it was in 2020, right before the start of the pandemic. And by that, I just mean by and large, I went down and went with the same group of people that I had gone with last time. But I, I think I enjoyed this year's version of it even more than I did last time. And I think that's because the way I approached the whole thing was a little bit different. And I'll, I'll get into that. Um, but the, it really all started um, the Friday before I left. I flew down on Sunday morning. But on Friday, they announced the running order. And this thing comes out. I get to work, I print out a copy of this thing and I sit there with a highlighter and I start bouncing around like a pinball because for those that have never been on this thing, there are four different stages that are set up. Uh, And at any given time, it's possible that four different bands uh, could either be playing or setting up. And even though they try to stagger the sets, inevitably there's a five minute delay here or this band goes in on five minutes early and like there's just bands everywhere, right? So- This list comes out and I didn't even know how to approach it because originally I was going in order and I said, let me just bounce around the list. But I didn't think that that was the best way to do it because I also knew that some of these bands don't start until 5.15 in the morning and go until 6 a.m. And like right off the bat, I knew that if there was a band playing at 5.15 a.m., I should probably look to see when their other set was because I wasn't staying up for it. Like that's kind of how I did this based on like – I'd rather be up and watching a set at 10 a.m. and getting to bed by three than staying up till six and then missing, you know, four bands the next day because I was sleeping until two in the afternoon. Yeah. Not to mention that you get home and you're just like on sea time and, you know, you're like supposed to go to work the next day, but it's 5 a.m. and you still haven't fallen asleep. Uh, so it wasn't that probably on more than one in, in more than one sense was probably the right way to do things. And it really worked out because knowing that every band was going to play twice, I kind of mapped this out where I wasn't going to have to be up past three o'clock in the morning at any at any particular time. And quite frankly, it wound up – I don't think I went to bed past two o'clock as, as, as luck would have it just because I, I just didn't want to have that feeling when I got back. And uh, it worked. I saw almost everything that I wanted to see. But um, they announced this thing. I wound up going – again, doing this whole pinball thing. And I – kind of knew that there were going to be very few bands that I got to see twice, although there were a handful. But at the same time, I kind of got the, I got to, you know, catch everything at least once, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you feel that, that they would be better off maybe paring down the roster by like 20 bands and go back to having like 40 bands and then just having things kind of wrap up at like two in the morning instead of having stuff go. I mean, it just doesn't seem conducive to like people's <laughs> mental health. Like, cause there, I'm sure there are people that are like taking the three hour nap in between the last set and the first net set or, or not going to sleep at all. And I could, so from personal experience, I could tell you that you can, you can easily fry your, uh, fry your, your senses uh, pretty easily. So I was just curious if you think that maybe less is more in this case. I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. The diversity of this lineup is one of the draws in the fact that at any given time, you could be watching a power metal show, a melodic death metal show, 
a black metal show and like a hard rock show, right? Like it's just, it runs the gamut of all of these things. And like, I just am of the opinion, I'd rather have the option of doing something and not doing it or catching them on the way back when they're playing a more optimal time. Uh, it really wasn't that bad. And what I made the conscious decision to do was, yes, there were certain bands I knew I was going to watch their entire hour or 75 minute set. And then there were other times where maybe there were two things going on at the same time. And I was very content watching half an hour of one band and 20 minutes of another just to get the flavor of certain bands that maybe I'm not the biggest fan of, but I wanted to get a taste of. And that's what I did. And it's, and it seemed to work really, really well. So I got to see almost everybody, like I said, and then I would double down on, on the way back for those bands that, you know, I, I had to see a second time. And I just thought it worked out great. Now, that being said, are there are were there bands that played that I was really curious to see and didn't? Yeah, like, for example, Visions of Atlantis. Both of their sets were really, really late or conflicting with other things. And I said to myself, you know what? They're playing Prog Power in a couple of months I'll see them then. So I just completely like skipped their sets because I figured I'd catch them at another time. Uh, it makes complete sense. I think I probably would have done the same. Although if I was with you, I probably would just let you make all the decisions for me and tag along and, you know, just go that way. I feel like you can't go wrong. Well, I, I, I'd like to think that I would have been a pretty good tour guide for this. Um, I, I wound up spending all of Saturday packing and, and kind of getting my stuff in order and then Sunday, Sunday around eleven, I had a flight into Miami. Like I said, and as I'm, as I'm kind of, um, how do I explain this? Um, as I, as I get into Miami, I am really, what's the worst? What's the, what's the phrase I, I'm looking for? Turned off the second I get to the airport, and I'm waiting in line to get onto the plane. Plane, and there is, you know, how there's that space in between, like the gate. And there's and, and obviously the, the the front of the plane where you're in that like I guess it's called the tarmac, but it's really just that metal tunnel hallway. Yeah, I am. I've never had this experience happen to me. I'm waiting in that hallway for like ten minutes and I'm not moving. And as luck would have it, we've, we the word kind of trickles back into the tunnel. There is a woman on board screaming at the at the staff, and they actually had to escort her off the plane. I don't know what happened. But as she's walking out, she says to me, or she says out loud, I'm going to call my lawyer. My niece is a big time lawyer. I'm like just shaking my head. I'm like, I'm a lawyer too. And I want you to get the fuck out. But I, I that, 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 you know, it, 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 needless to say that, that we were off to, we were off to the races at this point, but the flight itself, not bad. I get down there. Uh, we're all staying at this Airbnb place. It was really, really nice. I've never been to Miami before. The weather was just simply pristine, low eighties. Not a, not a cloud in the sky, um, and I just was like beyond happy. But I got to be honest with you, that first night, very low key, because knowing what we were in for for the rest of the week, I think I was asleep by like ten forty five that night. Um, I can't say I blame you. No, it was just so we drank some beers, we watched the uh, the AFC Championship game, and, and, and kind of called it an early night, knowing that we were going to have to get up early the next day to kind of get onto. Um, onto the ship. So we wake up the next day, we get to the Royal Caribbean terminal around 1045. Um, and I can't begin to tell you how well they produce this entire thing. The second we get inside, we hear m- like metal music blasting through the speakers of the Royal Caribbean terminal. And there's signs all around 70,000 tons. And even the staff is like, 
I don't know, like pretending that they're into the whole thing. It was really, really good. And I have to say, um, even better than last time, it just was running like a well-oiled machine. We were able to kind of get onto the ship from the time we got to the terminal and to, to the point we got onto the ship, it was about an hour, which was like unheard of. I, we were, normally you just sit in this queue waiting, but we, we we made great time. We got we got onto the ship, and by the time you kind of get on board, you, you have a little bit of time to kill before the room is ready. But as luck would have it, we only had to wait about an hour, and ours was and 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 they said you know everyone can go to their room, so we weren't like hanging around that much. We had a bottle of wine, which we finished far too fast and we were kind of off to the races at this point once our room was ready we had a room all the way on the back of the ship and when i say the back i mean literally the back our back window or like terrace if you will overlooked the back of the ship so the view was fantastic but it was also quiet and away from everything so that you weren't like you never felt like people were on top of you it it worked out perfectly that's good. I, I'm kind of glad that I actually went on a cruise recently, so I have some semblance of like a picture at what, what you're saying. What, and st- what cruise line was it? The same as yours. Oh, uh, get Royal out of Caribbean. here! Yeah, Do you remember which? Was, it was a different ship. It was you know one of their of the sea or of the seas right. or whatever. I think our the one we were on was probably the, a smaller version of what seventy thousand tons uses. But uh, yeah, it's actually kind of nice to know how the whole process works. Yeah, it was it was really uh, it was really um, if you've never been on a cruise, it's hard for me to even describe how massive this ship is. But I'll give you an example. If you go up the wrong elevator so that you're on the wrong side of the ship and you have to walk from one side of the ship literally to our room at the backside, it takes you 10 minutes. Like no joke. I mean, it is like walking like multiple football fields to get across this thing. It is just absolutely massive. But like I said, to their credit, it was a well-oiled machine in that they got us in, they got us in our rooms. And quite frankly, the shows that night weren't starting until like, I don't know, 5.15 or so. And they were a little late starting. So it wound up being closer to 5.30, but it was fine. We, <laughs> The first thing we did when, when the show started, and I think it was Iron Savior and Cancer that kicked things off. No kidding. Um, the first thing we did was sit down for a steak dinner because I, we knew I knew I would be catching Iron Savior on the way back, and I just didn't have to see them twice. And it was kind of one of the few um, opportunities that we could kind of cram in the meal that day without you know interfering with other things. Um, so just to give you an idea, as we sit down for this steak dinner, um, what are some of the things that are playing through the PA system? Seven Spires, Armored Saint, and Angra. So. If you've never been to a steakhouse playing those things, I guarantee you there's no other place on the planet where that <laughs> happens. Like literally no other place. Um, and, and Bryant and Cooper um, yes, once in yes, a while. Yes, <laughs> of course. And I'll give you a funny little anecdote. One of the people with us got a call from Jeff Loomis, and I swear to God a Jeff Loomis song was playing over the PA when the call came in. It was the weirdest. Of it was the weird. I mean like it was like Murphy's Law, right? Anyway, long story short, first show we go see – and I thought of you because, like, I'm like, no better way to kick this off but Evergrey. A band I've seen a thousand times, but, like, I wanted to catch at least one of their sets. Yeah, so, and, and they're, like, one of the only, like, prog bands that are on this thing, right? Like, there, there was not a lot year, of... Yeah. No, there was not a lot of prog this year. And I was kind of, I don't want to say depressed but there's you, But there usually isn't, right? Like, it's well, just not... 
it's not yeah. a big prog like like uh, typically it's very power metal and like and like death metal heavy but like prog it just seems like you know they're kind of meh on for whatever reason yeah they've had prog bands in the past so it's not like they don't exist but like for example, last time they had Soen, who was like the quintessential prog band. They're hot. They're this. This year, it was Evergrey. It was Cynic. I'll get to them in a little bit. And this band called Hyan or H-E-I-A-N. I think they're from like Slovakia or something like that. That was one of the better surprises. Again, I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, not that out of the entire lineup, I think there were three prog bands. So uh, you get a taste, but you're all because really... they all got they all got booked by Cruise to the Edge. So yeah, that's it exactly. So that's <laughs> why you didn't see Haken or anybody else on there. But uh, Evergrey was good. They uh, they played a lot of their newer material, and I got to be honest with you, they um they the one old song they played was Recreation Day or at least that I recall during the set. I, I want to say that 98% of the stuff I'm saying is accurate, but I can't say with a thousand percent certainty because it's just, you know, it, it's all happening so fast that you sure. know, I, I could be wrong about this. But to be fair, they did play um, Recreation Day. And I got to be honest with you, far and away the best song they played during their set. Like I'm just so much more of a fan of the old stuff just in terms of, the way the songs are, and it's just a little more melodic and catchy. Not as much with the downtune guitars. I, I just, I, I that was a real highlight of the set. Uh, a good show, not their best by any means. Um, and they played in this big theater, which thankfully where I was standing, it actually had good sound. But not not my favorite venue on the on the boat. But good, good. Um, we went from Evergrey to go watch Cynic. Um, and, and the only thing I can say about this is that somebody in my group kept saying to me, you got to see this band live. They're fantastic. You got to see this band live. They're fantastic. I said, okay, I guess I'll go see this band live because I, in my mind, I was kind of thinking maybe I'd skip them and just see them at prog power or maybe just skip them entirely because I no bones about it. I cannot get into that, that for first album as hard as I try. I stayed for about half the set. And it was not good. And the person who was hyping them up says to me, "Yeah, that is not is not how I remember them to be." Um, so I a lot, of th- after, a lot of times passed. Yeah, it's uh, maybe they're rusty. I don't. It was their first show in a while, from what I understand. But it just didn't do it for me. I got to be honest with you. It was just not. It was just not for me. I didn't love it, and I I, I don't know if I'm going to see them at Prague Power. I really don't. Yeah, they have the. Unfortunate distinction, like I was saying, of Ice Age playing before Power Quest, Cynics playing after Power Quest. So I, I feel like neither one of those bands really has a prayer of me paying any sort of attention to them. And never mind the fact that they're like kind of like heavy prog bands. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they don't have a lot working for them. But, I think uh, you're you going to like Ice Age more than than us. Uh, yeah. Stranger I- things have happened. I mean, I did see the entire green carnation set and i didn't think that was going to be a thing that happened so you never know yeah i'm with you um the next thing i go see is camelot and i gotta be honest with you they were running about a half an hour late which is really like kind of interfere and and i gotta say that normally the times of these shows are really they're pretty good it's usually within five minutes of when they're supposed to start but this one is running late which which is important if you're trying oh, to yeah. plan things out and, and there's 100%. bands you want to see. I mean, uh, that's so, yeah. A hundred percent. But anyway, I, th- they're, they're running a little bit late at this point. The first song that Camelot plays, who should come out? 
Melissa Bonnie to do vocals. And, you know, I'm, I, I'll make no bones about it. I'm sponsoring Ad Infinitum at Prog Power. I cannot wait to see that band after seeing her vocal performance on this ship. She was the best singer in the entire, she was, she was honestly probably better than Tommy was, uh, at, 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 on that stage at that particular time. They sounded great, but the, the rest of the band sounded a little bit flat for me. And I kind of left because like, I've seen them a million times and I'm gonna, I will see their set at Prague Power, but it, it wasn't enough to keep me in the room. Uh, and needless to say, the songs that they were playing was stuff that I've heard a thousand times before. Uh, I, the one thing I heard somebody had mentioned that they played, uh, they put Karma, I think, back in the set list or something yes. like that, which had been missing in the previous years. So and I love that song, but at the something, same time, something throw throw play, us a bone, please throw 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 us a different bone, like you know, like throw us something else, and and also not to criticize, but like the Camelot sets were exactly the same. Like, oh, I shouldn't say that. I think they may have changed like one or two songs, but like, I don't know. You're playing an hour on each set. Why don't you like switch it up a little bit? Pretend like you you know want to make things interesting for people that saw both your sets. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I left. Uh, I would wind up catching a little bit of their other set as well. But want to hear something wild? Um, our friend Keith told me that that was the first time he ever saw Camelot live. How is that possible? I, that's what I said. I said I've seen Camelot. I've been to Camelot concerts where I didn't even see Camelot play. Yes, I've been at which, Irving Plaza. I remember that. Yep. That was one of the um, we were we were standing in the lobby. I, I that's how many that. times I've seen Camelot. I couldn't believe that when he told me that. I'm like, that's a wild. That's just like wild that you would just somehow not see them because you wanted to see Delane or Sabaton or somebody that like everybody and their mother really? is open for Camelot. So like, meanwhile, I've seen them with Khan. I saw them with uh, Michael Erickson from Circus Maximus. I saw them with Fabio Leone. I've seen them with Tommy Karavik. I don't know that I haven't seen an incarnation of that band. Although, ironically, I'll tell you this. One of the guys we were with said to me, and I quote, I wish that the original singer was back in the band. I couldn't believe it. But uh, somebody with me was like a big fan of those first two albums. Which I couldn't even tell you who that person's name is. That I know. For Cavalot. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Like this is anyway. I walk out on Camelot, and in, in, in lieu of going back to the room, I went into the uh, small, small lounge stage. Which, if you've never been on the boat before, the smallest of the four stages is basically one foot off the ground, and it's in this lounge room, which is kind of cool if you're way up front on the rail because you may as well be on the stage with the band. But right. if you're like more than two rows back, you can't really see. It's so th- this would this room be like kind of typical for if you were on a like a normal cruise like where they would hold like a karaoke or a bingo or like yeah. it's kind of like an event room kind of thing. Yes, I would say that, but with like a really small stage up front, which is a stage, but it's more of like for like a lounge singer who's just doing like a set and everyone's yeah. sitting down. Not yeah, I can picture pe- I can picture that because there was like a room like that when I went on the cruise a few months ago where they would hold karaoke and they had game it's shows probably and the same like room that. to be honest with you if it's a royal caribbean cruise it's yeah. called the star lounge i'm sure it's yes the same that's exactly exact room. it yep so you're familiar with the room but when you were there hideous divinity from italy a death metal band was not playing or if they were oh no definitely no. not <laughs> um not bad a good change of pace and quite frankly kind of cleanse the palate with, with some of that old Camelot stuff um, and a very good crowd response, albeit a small crowd. Um, and then I did something that I promised you I would do, and that was watch at least some of Empress 
because you would ask me to do that. And I got to be honest with you, they were in the same like small room, not a huge crowd, but I see the potential. This band has the potential to blow up. Uh, they just got to play a little bit more. And I feel like they were a little, I don't want to say loose, but like stiff on stage because, you know, maybe lack of lack of experience or whatever. But sure. um it was a good. It was good, and it's. I'll make a. a pr- I'll make a prediction right now. They, they'll end up getting onto like a Camelot tour or something like that, or one of those bands, and there. they'll get to play a bunch of shows, and and they'll, you know, uh, the just similar to like you know, Delane opening for Camelot so many times until they finally did their own headline show. But I, I would be willing to bet. Same with Seven Spires. I can see them going down that route as well. Yeah, no, I, I totally totally see that. Um, and it'll do them well. I think that they're 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 on the radar now. They're, now it's time for them to take the like the next big leap. Um, and then I go from there to a band who's been doing this for a very very long time, and that's Creator um, in the that big theater that Camelot had played in earlier. And at this point, they were the by far the best band I had seen um, through the end of night one. There they played a set of songs exclusive to like 1985 to 1990. And I don't know why they were doing like this classic old stuff set, but I was not that familiar. They did it with, for Carl. Probably, probably <laughs> um, who was going nuts by the way. But, for, but to be honest with you, I was not that familiar with more than half of the set list just because I don't know those albums so well, but the crowd was gigantic. The, they were really into the band. I stayed for the entire set. The sound was good. And I was so happy to be sitting down and not in the mosh pits because they were, I mean, they take wall of death to a whole new thing. I, don't, <laughs> I probably mentioned this before, but the singer literally calls for a wall of death and the crowd splits in two. You could literally drive a car through the middle of the crowd towards the stage. And then all of a sudden he just says, go. And the entire crowd on both sides let's just say they convene in the middle and it's unlike anything you've ever seen that's that's a generous word yes i'm i'm I'm, that's i it was it was it was wild i'm having a Um, panic attack just hearing you describe it i that's why i was sitting in the seats there was no way that i was gonna gonna be there for that um really good 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 show uh i wound up catching their entire second set i'll tell you about that a little bit later but the last band i checked out on on that first night was insomnium a band who i've seen live a number of times i thought it was interesting because when they were kind of sound checking the guitars one of the guitarists was playing jesus saves i'm like this is cool i would love to see insomnium cover sabotage but needless to say it didn't happen uh they were very very tight and and it was one of, if not the best performance that I've seen by them. They just they they brought their A game and it sounded good. But night one, the the award goes to Creator for just a high energy set. Nice. Do, do they have? Is there like a designated headliner, or is it just kind of like you know it is what it is? Like, or, or do, do they kind of have like a, a like a headline? Is like the headline slot like nine p.m. or ten p.m. or like how does the, or does it is it just like everyone just lands where they land? That is a that is a great question. If you look at the schedule, many bands play for forty five minutes or an hour. Some play for seventy five, and there was one band that played for ninety. I'm sure you can guess who that was. Uh, Nightwish. That is correct. And when they do, I have a feeling they kind of base it all around what that ninety minute set wants. So, for example, that band played on day two, and they wanted to play at uh, eleven o'clock to twelve thirty. Uh, in the theater. And then the second time they played, they got another like 
optimal slot, if you will, playing that same exact time, 1130 to 1 a.m., but on the big stage on the pool deck, which is outside and, and whatnot. So I think that when they do, like they got two optimal times, but just to give you a sense of like some of the other, or I guess perceived bigger bands, Creator was the band that got 75 minutes on that first day and they got the biggest set of the day. Everyone else played it an hour or 45 minutes. So, so they were kind of uh, they were ostensibly the headliner of the first day. Correct. That's exactly right. Um, and then after Insomnium got off stage around 2, 2.15, I think I probably left a song or two early. I went to bed and there were other – check this out. This is what I missed on day one just because I was exhausted and, and figured I would catch these bands on the way back. But Serenia – uh, and another band called Cryptosis, who I did get to see on the back end, but like I was going to bed knowing that I was missing two bands that I wanted to see, but Serenia being the bigger of the two. Um, but I, I had to get some sleep because 10 o'clock the next morning on the pool deck, first band outside on this festival, the Mighty Freedom Call. And I sent you a video from this set because not so much because of the set itself, but because I just thought that you would want, you would get a kick out of what I sent you. Now I won't go into details to what I sent you, but um, oh, I'll, I, I will. It was a it was a group of it was a group of adults dancing <laughs> in a circle around the hot tub while Freedom Call played, and sure enough, uh, my, my friend Keith was right in that circle, and I was uh, not going to lie, I was a little jealous. I would have been I would have been in that circle right there with him. No joke. Uh, we went from the wall of death to the circle of dance. It was yeah, it was, the, the circle of cheese. Um, yeah, it was it well was this else. is i mean i've been wait, this is the question i've been waiting to ask you uh what was your first experiencing freedom call how was it for you <sighs> oh there we go that doesn't sound good <laughs> i i i i've been hesitating to say this to you but let me just set the stage a little bit and then i will answer the question it's 10 o'clock in the morning it's beautiful weather outside we're on the boat. We're moving into, you know, te- you know, moving. We're moving into, you know, I guess slowly towards the 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 Bahamas or what have you. And this started late, and I was shocked because it was the first set of the day, and things got so much better a little bit later on in, on the second day, and then for the rest of the sets, they were pretty much on time. But this, for something I was looking forward to, probably more than anybody else on the cruise. Um, I never thought I would get the chance to see them after they after that Prague Power performance. I just never thought that it was going to be a thing. I know they had played the cruise in the past, but to see them a second time, I just thought it was like too much to ask. Finally, around 10.20, 10.25, they take the stage, and the mix was just awful. And what the problem was, was that the bass was so fuzzy sounding, almost like they were going for like a 70s type of sound. I just, for whatever reason, the mix sucked. And like, I would wind up seeing shows on this stage for the next two and a half days, and they got progressively better and better. And by the time I saw the last band of the festival, which was Nightwish, on this stage, it couldn't have sounded any better. But for whatever reason, Freedom Call didn't sound so hot. So I was disappointed in the set, but I feel like I, if I, if the sound was better, Chris Bay sounded great. The energy was there. It was just missing that the, the pristine sound I was hoping for. What's funny is that that was my experience seeing Freedom Call also. Really? Which I think was because being 
in the pit as a sponsor because mm. I had heard people say they sounded great, but from where sometimes when you're in the pit, for whatever reason, the sound travels behind you. Yes. And so I didn't really hear the vocals, which was really disappointing. Um, so, I mean, I had fun and it was, it was a bucket list moment, but it wasn't as cool as it, it, it would have been um, if it sounded better. And if you were there. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. 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 Um, um, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um but that being said, it wasn't the worst band I saw. Like it was just, I, I in my mind, I expected it to be better, and it right. was just, it was just okay. And and finally, like for my money, I don't think it was the greatest set list in the world. I think that, I mean, I knew every song, but like, you know, we covered Stairway to Fairyland. Throw me a bone, give me something off that. But they didn't. But nonetheless, I would certainly go see them again. I did not catch them the second time they played uh, because I had stuff that other stuff that I hadn't seen the first time. So. Listen, they went over very well. I, I could definitely see them coming back in about four or five years on this cruise, and I would go check them out again because, like I said, there's a reason why they were on the main stage. It was it was good. Um, it, it was good, just not great. I left the set. I went to go see uh, Hayan uh, or that other band that I mentioned from Slovakia. They sounded fantastic. And What I kind of to, band? They were a prog band? It's like a proggy post-metal band with a touch of death metal in there. Um at this point, they were the biggest surprise of them all. Like, I'm going to go do a deep dive into their back catalog. Maybe we'll even cover one of their albums just because nobody's talking about this band, but they should be. The biggest problem for me was that I only got to see like half the songs because Freedom Call was running late. So like, I, I just didn't get to see as much as I would have liked, but I stayed for three songs and all of them sounded so different from each other. Uh, some were brutal. Others were like poppier versions of Riverside. It was it was just really really cool, and I I, I like them a lot. Um, they're on my radar for sure. Um, but again, only only three songs. I went. I immediately left there and went to go see Oceans of Slumber, who I saw a couple of months ago. But it was just a stripped down version of the band. It was just Cami and uh, the drummer who was actually playing keyboards on that like little opening gig they had. But this was the full band. Um, and I, I always, always, always think of, um, Carrie Gordon from MSR cast whenever I hear them, because I know that he's like a really big fan. And I think his wife knows Cammy quite well from, uh, you know, separate endeavors and whatnot. So I have to be honest with you, this band is slowly, slowly, slowly becoming really big. Not only was the crowd into it, but they sounded pristine and Cammy's live vocals are like as good as it gets in many ways. I, I think that they're going to blow up. I really do, which is crazy because I remember seeing them open for, I don't remember if it was Evergrade or Pain of Salvation in New York and like nobody knew who they were. This was like six years ago. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it was the same show I'm thinking of, they played before Voyager and Evergrey. Um, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. She's amazing. She's an unbelievable singer. Um, their sound is just, uh, it's kind of like... Um, sleep token for me where like it's it's so it's so uh, like like that that dark vibe is almost like um it's it's hard for me it's just it's just it's just kind of like i appreciate it when i listen to it but it's also like i i don't find myself reaching for it and i feel like um i enjoyed seeing them play live a lot better than like popping the album on so um I'm not really surprised to to hear what you said about them though at all. Yeah, it was it was just, you know, I, I, they're not my favorite band, but I 
there are elements of the music that I just absolutely adore. And I guess you have to be in the right mood for it as well. Because I feel like if you're not in the right mood, not it'll either put you to sleep or make you just want to cut yourself. So like you gotta be you gotta be in the right state of mind. But they this this particular show was really good. I left their set because I was this second day of the fest was like a list of bucket list bands for me. Um, the second of which, you know, having seen Freedom Call, the second one was Elvin King, another prog power alum who I just missed that particular year. And I walked into the theater as like, like the lights went out and I was really happy that I got to see them. Um, ironically, it just didn't have the energy that I expected it. And they were kind of disappointing as well. So here we are, two bucket list bands, and I guess they just didn't meet my expectations. Um, I did hear one or two of the classic songs that really made me smile, but at the same time, the set itself just didn't quite grab me as the way I would have hoped. But other people saw them and said that they were fantastic. So, like, you know, just one man's opinion here, but I was hoping for a little more. Fair enough. As they're definitely a band I would like to see at some point that I have never seen. They they played at Prague Power the year before I started going back. That's right. That's right. Um, I go back up to the pool deck and I go up to see Vicious Rumors, who again was a band that like we've talked about a little bit, but it was the fact that they were doing all the old stuff that had me really, really intrigued. What I can say about this set was that it was really freaking loud, which I wasn't expecting, but like when you're outside, usually the sound doesn't travel so well. So it's actually a very enjoyable place to see a show because you can hear it clearly, but it doesn't like kind of hit you. I went up to the rail for this set and then I had to go back into the crowd because it was like it was it was uh bombastic to say the least. It was really <laughs> freaking loud. I stayed for about half the set um and it was good. They were quite tighter than I expected. Um and the they got better as the set went on. I heard one or two of their classics that I particularly loved. It was uh well worth seeing. Kind of made me want to go see them live, but I may have to bring like three sets of earplugs because it was <laughs> like just a wall of sound. Yeah, I, I that I I've been in situations where that just isn't uh particularly enjoyable, unfortunately. Uh yeah, yeah, not not it pulls uh, you not, out of the moment. For yeah, it was like it was like you could feel your heart beating through your chest. So again, not 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 the greatest set, but I'm glad that I saw it. Um and then I saw parts of two more sets. Um I saw part of a band called Obscura, which is like this uh, melodic death metal thing that they have going on. I saw like one or two songs. I, I don't really have much to say there. And then I saw Deathless Legacy in the little lounge area that we talked about earlier. Um, really, really theatrical performance. Corpse Paint. They even had like an actress come out on stage. Um, very, very showy in many ways. And they're kind of like acting out the scenes of their songs. Unfortunately, I had to leave to catch a third bucket list band, but I had to say like this band was really intriguing. The vocalist was phenomenal. I loved the last album that came out last year. Um, I, I could see them catching on to a U.S. tour as well just because of the whole theatrical nature of what they do. It's very different. So uh, it was third third time the charm for you or? With what? The, with, with the, uh, with, with with the bucket list bands? I got to be honest with you. The next band was at this point the best set I saw the weekend by like a wide margin. It even was better than Creator. I was so shocked at how good Dark Tranquility was live that it's amazing that I haven't seen them at some point. I feel like they've toured the U.S. a thousand times and probably played New York City no less than 10 to 12 times, but I always had a reason why I didn't see them. 
any number of reasons, take your pick, whether it was another show, obligations, out of town, whatever the case may be. But I said to myself, I'm definitely going to go see this set. And I got to be honest with you, it was fantastic. The set list was all over the place. They were tight. They were professional. Go out of your way to see this band. They were that good. And like such a surprise because I just had no idea that they were this good live, but they freaking brought it. And I was very, very happy. Yeah, I, I've heard people say good things about them. I'm not super familiar with much of their stuff, but uh, that's always good to hear. Yeah, it was just a real, uh, a real pleasant surprise. Um, and, and then they would the only thing that would kind of like top that would be the next set where I go see Dragon Force on the pool deck with a guest vocalist. Now you were the one that told me this was happening. You sent me a text message in the trip and I almost didn't believe you. I thought you were kind of messing with me. Um, you want to, you want to let the cat well, out of this bit because, because it was so unbelievable that like, you'd be like, well, why the hell would that even happen? But, uh, uh so, uh, you know, I, I just happened onto Facebook and I'm in, and, uh, my, you know, I'm friends with Alessio Garavello, you know, former vocalist for power quest. Um, and he's on the boat, and I'm just, there's a picture of him on the boat. I'm like, well, that's weird. I, maybe he just wanted to go on 70,000 tons of metal. I mean, he's a, he, he produces records. I'm sure somebody told him about it or whatever. And so the next thing I see is my friend Carl being like, dude, like, what are you, what are you doing here? And, and, and Alessio just says, uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock PM, uh, Tuesday night pool deck, I think was, was what he said. And so out of curiosity, I pull up the schedule and sure enough, it's dragon forces, uh, time slot. So I text you and I'm like, call me crazy, but I think Alessio is going to be singing for dragon force. So I could totally see why you would think like, what the hell? He's just, he's screwing with me because he's yeah. not here. And 100%. So-, <laughs> so needless to say, I went up to the pool deck at eight o'clock and all of a sudden, uh, Alessio comes out and sing. And then, and then I gotta be honest with you, even when you sent me that message, I figured he was just coming for a guest spot of some sort. Like maybe he would sing a song. Right. No, he played the entire freaking set, dude. And it was amazing. I gotta be honest with you. Like no disrespect. He should be fronting the band. They were freaking, <laughs> they were really right. And you know, you, you're always going to get an entertaining set. This was no different, but Alessio sounded great. He, he belongs at the front of that band. And and the fact that he took the time to learn the set list, I think, is oh, really cool. So it was, clearly, it was something that was in the works um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, that's really cool. Great. Especially because I had always heard that he kind of was um, kind of done with metal as, as far as like. I mean, I know he'll be happy to do guest spots, and I'm sure he'll make appearances during some of Power Quest's last shows throughout the year. Um, but uh, that's really cool. I'm sure. I'm sure they, if they asked him to do that, he probably. It was probably something you couldn't say no to. So I, and, I, I, you FaceTimed me during the set, which I got a kick out of. I was laying on the couch and just like, like, just smiling. I was like, that's really cool. How um, did it sound? I'm curious on the FaceTime how it like sounded. not bad considering. Like <laughs> I should have done uh, the dude, whole set. I was. I I said to my girlfriend, I was like. I was like, they must have much better Wi-Fi than we had when we went on our cruise. Because, like, you had to be, like, standing, like, at a certain position with one arm in the air. like uh, the Wearing Wi-Fi an antenna was, on your head. Yeah. If we were in the room, we were lucky if we had any Wi-Fi. It was, like, 
So the fact that you were FaceTiming me and it was like actually visible and audible. From the high seas, dude. Like yeah. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It was, I was, it was wild. I was amazed by that. Um, but that, that was, that was cool. I probably, a, a, a once in a lifetime or I guess twice in a lifetime, uh, experience. It was, it was, it was really cool. And I, and I wish you could have been there just because I know that you obviously appreciate his vocals. I, I'm sure that there are videos on YouTube, especially of Through the Fire and Flames, which was the last song, because let's just say that half the band winds up in the jacuzzi. I mean, it was like the hot tub, right? Like in front of the stage. It was wild. Apparently, this was a thing that Herman Lee had done um, at the first time or the last time that they yeah, played. Yeah, there's, the- there's a video of him like doing the guitar solo like in the hot tub or, or yeah, from well, your well, it's it, apparently uh, it's now his gimmick, um, and and more from him later. There, I'm not done talking about Herman Lee, but just to kind of round out the night, I go check out this band called Isol, which is like a doom band, the only doom band on the festival, but somebody that I was familiar with because I thought their last album was very good, and they sounded great. It was like the perfect contrast to Dragon Force. They're heavy, they're melodic, they're brutal, but they're slow, and so you go from like the fastest band on the boat to the slowest. It was it was a nice contrast. Then I go see another band who you have seen live, but I got to be honest with you, this was by far their best performance that I had ever seen, and that was Amorphous. We saw them, and I've seen them a few times, and I always thought they were pretty good, but this one was just they were they were on. They sounded good. The set list was good. It was just overall a great performance, and it kind of bookended the Dark Tranquility set with two just fantastic melodic death metal performances just a couple of hours apart. Yeah, the last time I saw Morphous, I thought they were a lot better than when I saw them with you last. Yeah. And that might have just been the venue. I mean, we saw them play at a bar. (laughs) So I mean, let's put it this way. Our friend fell asleep during that set, literally, on a bar stool. Uh, Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, But when I saw them play with, um, uh, I believe it was Delane and Sonata Artica, uh, I believe um, in Albany. Uh, they, I thought that they were fantastic. Um, that was a really good. That was a really good show. I think. That, I think. It, no, it was. Um, it was Delane and Anake. That's yes, what. It, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and they were excellent there. I thought they were much better. I don't know. Again, it could have just been the venue, but um, yeah, I, I'm glad I've gotten to see them. I, I, I I'm hoping that they make uh, one last appearance at Prague Power before the festival rides off into the sunset. I could definitely see that. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And they would deserve it. They they can headline that festival any day of the week. Ironically, Amorphous ends and I go check out the first of the two Nightwish sets. I, this, this, the, the, more to come later, but I'll just say this. They, maybe it was my vantage point. It sounded terrible from where I was standing in the theater. And I think I was just so maybe far away because that set was packed. I stayed for a few songs and I left. I could not, I just didn't enjoy it. And it was like, I kept thinking of you saying like, oh, you know, with Marco gone, the band's not the same. And I got to be honest with you. Well, he was also their sound mixer. Apparently. I mean, it was, (laughs) it was, it was just not, but then again, I spoke to other people and I do think it was my vantage point, but I left. I just didn't think it was that good. So I went, you know, I, I, I kind of left, um, you know, took a little walk. And then I wound up going to see Hypocrisy on the pool deck stage up top, who put on a very good show, although I didn't stay for the whole thing. I got a nice taste of it. I think I stayed for about, I don't know, 35 minutes or so. Um, you know, just very, very good melodic uh, death metal. But, 
more death than melodic, I guess. But that's how I kind of re- ended night two. Went to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and I'm in the Bahamas. So there's no shows. And I just leave the boat, kind of clear your head. Um, and this town in uh, in the Bahamas is not Nassau, which is everyone what everyone thinks of. It was Bimini, which is a small little island. So I just hung out on the beach for about four hours. And it was great. The weather was beautiful. There were a bunch of people from the boat, bands, and everyone's just hanging out. Um, I, was, I got to spend a little time with... Um, uh, Meryl Bechtel from uh, Dear Mother, formerly of Delane. And there was just a number of people that were out there and everyone was having a really good time. It was very chill. And quite frankly, I think a much needed reprieve from the music after, after you know, two days of just, you know, an onslaught of music. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And that's like really the perfect environment for uh, just rest, the, having a rest after a wild couple of days. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I, I don't, I didn't go to the beach when they were in, um, Mexico last time, but to be honest with you, this beach was just pristine. I'm talking like white sand, blue, uh, blue water, and you could go out for like forever. And it was like not really deep and the waves were calm. It was just like, it was almost like bath water. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and my understanding is that there were excursions that the, like band members went on, which I think is a, a first, which I thought is such a cool idea. Like, you know, who wants to go snorkeling with Herman Lee or I, and that's, I don't know if that actually happened, but you know, oh, no, it was, I mean, for example, they, they, I believe they've had this before, but like you could go, uh, you know, fishing with creator. I mean, like who doesn't have that on their bucket list or like, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to like look at stingrays with Evergrey? I mean, like stuff like that. It was really, really well done. And like, Everyone was just cool and the bands are, I mean, it was just, it was just really, really chill and, and definitely once in a lifetime type of thing. Although I did not partake, I just enjoyed myself on, on the beach or whatever. I mean, I probably would have done the same. I think like, like you said, you just need a day of, uh, unwinding and decompressing and, uh, and a beach in the Bahamas is probably no better place to do that. It was great. And, and, and by a day, I really mean like six hours, right? Because the shows are going to start up again by like 5.30 that night. But um, it was great. I went back into the boat uh, probably around 2 o'clock or so. I grabbed lunch at the sports bar, um, had a nice like, you know, typical wings and, you know, chicken fingers type of lunch. I go back on our back balcony area and as luck would have it, we're out there, we're enjoying some drinks or whatever. And it turns out that hypocrisy is staying in the room next to us. So we were bullshitting with them because like, what else are you going to do? There was, it was just downtime and they were really nice guys. Um, I have nothing but good things to say. We were just, you know, kind of, you know, talking about this, that, and the other thing. Um, and then as luck would have it, uh, the bands would start up uh, shortly, shortly thereafter. We went to dinner, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit later that day. But we went to check out Fallujah, which is actually the other prog band on the boat. They're more of like a deathy prog band. Um, this was the type of band that I would never go see on my own. Like I would never go to a Fallujah show in New York City. But like on this in this setting, hell yeah. I mean, I, I'm familiar with the band. I have a couple of their albums. And I got to be honest, they sounded good. They played the Ice Rink, which is like this venue that's like in the half round almost like i wasn't sure if that was the venue or like the the album that they played (laughs) no no this is the venue and it's like you know a half a half a half you know it's an ice rink but it's just in in a half round setting or whatever they sounded good and it's just amazing that they can kind of reproduce their sound from these albums which are kind of wild or whatever but um 
it's interesting. They, they, they were on the precipice of being like the next big thing. And then they just kind of fell off the face of the earth and they seem to be making a comeback now. So nothing but the best of luck. They were, it was a, it was an enjoyable set. I sit down for an Italian dinner and then I have to go see Osiren from Canada, which is like, I think I've mentioned them in my, uh, the best of 2022 episode. Yeah, for sure. Really, really cool. Very, um, this, I love the songs on the disc. I thought that they have a ton of potential too, but unlike Empress, they didn't grab me quite as much. I, I, I thought that they were good. They were tight, but something was missing. I just can't put my finger on it. Um, but it could have also just been a function of me being tired at this point because I'd been in the sun all day. And I think that that usually knocks me out. So I would, I would definitely give them another shot, but I'm glad I saw them. Yeah. Maybe because Marco wasn't their bassist. That's that, that that's that will be my uh, my excuse for most. It ruins, of these bands. It ruins it for a lot of bands, really. Yeah, I, I, you hate to see it. Yeah, you, you absolutely hate to see it. Um, the next band I checked out was a, a melodic death metal band from Colombia called Estador. I have their last album, and they were really just. Uh, did they do the Rocky Four cover? No, they they if they did, I didn't I didn't see it, and it's and it's a shame because um, that is a phenomenal phenomenal cover although again i i did leave so it's it's possible they did but if you're into heavy melodic death metal they 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 scratch that itch if you drag if you drag me there set i would have made you stay there until they played the song you know what now i'm gonna go check because now you've got me curious to see if they <laughs> did play it so i'm gonna look and it looks like uh it looks like it hasn't been updated on uh Setlist fm i'll say this at other shows it doesn't look like they played it so I'm inclined to think they didn't, but you know, all, all is well. Oh yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who wants the death metal band to sing the one song that doesn't have death vocals. There you go. Although they seem to bring their own flair to it, to be fair. But um, the the next thing I wanted to check out, and I'm, I, it was one of the regrets because they were going on so late that I just said the hell with it, and I wound up leaving before they started. Uh, and then I figured out what happened. The band was Furish once. Again, easy, easy for me to say, but I wanted to check out what they're, what they were going to sound like. And for whatever reason, they just weren't playing. They weren't going on. I heard that they had fried the board and stuff like that. There were rumors going around. And then I heard what happened. Apparently, somebody got off the boat in Bimini. They went up to somebody unscrupulous and bought some drugs that may not have been, uh, the kosher brought them back on the boat and like OD'd on the boat. And so what happened was while Fury Schwantz was doing or not playing, apparently they were going back into like us waters so that they could get a, a, a speedboat next two hours to get this person off the boat and to a hospital in Miami, like stat because he was in critical condition. And so once you're back in us waters, they couldn't play because they don't have visas. So they had to get the person off the boat. I hope he's doing well. Get he's him not. to the hospital. He died? He died. Oh, At least shit. that's what I was told. I mean, I have no reason to 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 doubt that, but that's really, really sad. Um, but that's the reason I think why Fierce Wants didn't go on. And then they had to get back into international waters for, for them to start. And by that point, I had moved on to other things. But um, Keith said that they were uh, they were awesome. He said that it was one of the best sets he saw on the whole really? trip. He, he, he said it was a blast. So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, I'm sorry to hear that I missed it. I'm sorry to hear that he died. Like that whole thing was just a complete mess for a bit. Um, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, like it, it's – you're lucky that that's all that got messed up. Cause like, that's, 
considering that like it was just one band got delayed, uh, it, that, that that something like that could have really screwed oh, up. Could have the derailed whole... the whole. No pun intended. They could have just derailed the whole the whole thing or whatever. Right. But I didn't stay for it. I just had no idea when they were going on. I went to go see Amorphous a second time, and I got to be honest with you, A plus again, just tight as hell. Um, I'll tell you a funny little story. While this set is going on, there are two guys that are like standing next to each other on the floor in the crowd and they start screaming at each other. But I don't think that either one of them had full command of the English language. So one of them starts screaming at the other guy, you're the devil, you're the devil. And the other guy is wearing like a costume with like a unicorn. I mean, like the whole thing was absolutely bizarre. And then as only metal can do after two minutes of them screaming at each other and me thinking that like a sharp object was about to come out they start hugging each other like it was like they got over it real fast i'm like this is it just put a smile on my face i enjoyed the rest of amorphous they played a a little bit of a different set and they actually played silver bride during that set which i gotta be honest with you i think that was probably the song that got me into this band what a freaking song that was. And I just like, I was in heaven when they played it because, you know, they got a big catalog. They don't have to play that, but it was just fantastic. That's, that's awesome. That's, yeah, it was, that's, it was I love nice. to hear it. And, and then those two are now like best friends. And I think they, I don't know, they, they may have gotten hitched. I'm not even sure, but they, they were, <laughs> they, they, by the end of it, they were, they were loving it. Um, I left there. I went to go see Elaine in the small room again. And, they were good. I mean, the, the she, that 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 girl can sing. Um, very high energy. I didn't think the mix was all that, and I'm not surprised because um, that is just a hard sound to replicate. They got a lot of symphonic elements and stuff like that, but it was a good show, just not 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 the best. Uh, saw Creator again that night. The crowd was going bonkers on the pool deck. People were getting thrown out of the hot tub. I mean, it was it was wild. <laughs> that was even better than the first set because they kind of mixed it up. They played some old stuff, but they played stuff off the new album, Hate Over Alice. They played, uh, you know, Satan is real. So I like just a, lo- a bunch of cool, a bunch of cool stuff. And then I finally got to see Serenia, which I didn't catch the first time. Um, but I, I didn't say for the whole set. I was tired. They were good, but I was tired, and I stayed for about half, and then I went to bed. Um, nice. And that brought us into the last day. Uh, woke up early again. I made sure to be out on that pool deck at 10 o'clock, which seems to be my forte. I got to see um, – whatchamacallit. I'm sorry. I, I stand corrected. At 11.30, so I got, to, I got up a little bit later. I saw Iron Savior on the pool deck. And I got to be honest with you. They're never going to be my favorite band. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this band. But their live show, very enjoyable. This is the sound I wanted Freedom to Call to have like two days prior. It was – I stayed for like probably about 75% of their set. I was really happy. They were just really good. They sounded good, um, just better than they were on the album. And like I'll never listen to an album, but at the same time, if they played, <laughs> I'd go see them. Like it was like credit to them. Yeah, Freedom Call probably just got like – the unfortunate guinea pig slot. Somebody had to be first, right? Like yeah. that's how it was. Um, I went to go see Dear Mother, and they are more of like a metalcore type sound, which is interesting because it sounds nothing like the lane, but like really, really cool. I stayed for the entire set, really different and like unlike anything else that we're playing. And I and the and the crowd the crowd was into it. They had a much bigger following than I thought they would. Um, and then we wound up meeting them after the set. They were just really, really nice people. Like I could not say enough nice things about this band. Check them out. I'll, I'll try to post the track this week just because nobody um, seems to know who they are. Um, and then and then I went to go see what can only be described as um, 
the most one of the biggest surprises of the entire fest. Amberian Dawn is playing the pool deck, and like I'm familiar with them, I have their albums. I'm I know the whole ABBA cover thing they did. I was not expecting to stay for this whole thing, but I didn't move the entire set. They were people dancing. They were people um, singing along. I mean, Dancing Queen was taken to a whole nother level. One of the entire, uh, one of the best songs the entire trip was them doing Gimme, Gimme, Gimme on the high seas. It was freaking fantastic. This band is really good. Well, I have a bone to pick with you because uh... – you sent me a video of them playing Lay All Your Love on Me with the hilarious caption of Amberian Dawn covering Halloween. Um, but I, I later came to find out that, that our mutual friend Tyler was dancing to the, the ABBA songs and you did not film that and send it to me and I'm very disappointed. I have that video <laughs> and I can send it to you. Uh, in fact, I will send you a private link to that video because it was posted by a, a, a mutual friend. Well, if you were if you were worried that he was embarrassed by it, he was actually quite proud. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a good time. I'll leave it at that. But I I, I'll, I will send you the video. I will send you the video later. But it was a yeah. That's a band set. I definitely would have checked. You would have you would have loved that set. I think that that would have been one of your favorites. Um, I go down after their set and I go check out like what they call the all-star jam, or I think they call it the uh, jamming in international waters, which was kind of like what they did at Prague power. One of the years where you missed where they basically um, at Prague power, it was basically pagans mind with different singers playing a whole wide array of songs here. Every time they go out on stage, it's like a different musician from a different band playing together. And it's kind of cheesy. And, and the word that I heard from some people was quote cringe <laughs> I'm a sucker for this. Like I yeah. thought it was really cool. And like just seeing, you know, death metal musicians playing with the singer from edge of forever or seeing like Herman Lee play guitars with the guitar player from Elvin King and the drummer from God, the throne. It's just like weird things like that, that like, you know, playing yeah, where songs else, that we all where know. else are you going to see it? You're not going to see it anywhere else. So I was happy that I caught some of that. Um, I left, I went to go see Skiltron, which was like a power metal band with bagpipes. <laughs> I, well, I, sold. I stayed, I, sold. Sold. Right. They're, they're now your new favorite band. I stayed for one song. I got out of there. I'm like, I, I, I see what this is. I got the flavor of that. Oh, my God. I, you, was, that was the, the easiest sell of all time yeah, right there. I mean, if you, if you don't like this, uh, you, you will. I'll leave it at that. I go see a band that I wasn't expecting to see, but like, curiosity got the best out of me and i get i went to go see rotting christ on the main stage up top and i gotta be honest with you i only saw one song because it was the end of their set but i was like oddly intrigued they are not what i expected them to be i wish i would have seen more of their set they seemed like they were really good live and like just not what i was expecting as someone who's like just not familiar with this band as a uh, as a good church going boy i am Glad that you went and saw Rod in Christ. That's yes, the right it, thing. It was the right thing to do. It was. It, I, I mean, when in Rome, right? Uh, I go see Edge of Paradise. I stayed for like three songs. I couldn't take it. I think they were kind of brutal. Uh, and and the singer's a little bit of a one trick pony. I'm just not a fan of this. Band. Oh, don't know, don't tell don't Riley tell that. Like Riley, he's yeah. he's obsessed. So I, I I'm I'm well aware. It just not not for me. Although they seem like nice people, I I, I don't really have much to say about the set. Uh, went to go see a bit of atrocity, which is kind of brutal death metal. Um, amazing guitar player, hell of a soloist. Um, 
a solid pick me up after after the edge of forever set I caught part of November which is like a doomy not really doom it's more of like a gothic type of band very very cool um and then, did atrocity do any covers because I actually have all of my this atrocity songs that I have on my computer are cover songs um, really of and they're all 80s. They, they, I guess they have the album uh, Work 80 and Work 80 Part 2. Um, and they have these amazing covers of Shout and Tainted Love and Send Me an Angel and Don't You Forget About Me. Um, I got to be honest. First of all, no, I don't think they did. And second of all, I don't own those albums. So I guess that's something I have to check out because I was yeah, not familiar with them. The, 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 the Simple Minds cover is fantastic. Sold. You can have your power metal with your bagpipes. I want the Simple Minds cover, and I think we're I think we're golden. The C, it's a, it's a it's a metal exchange. Yeah, I I, I absolutely uh, that's why we're here, right? Um, I go check out Camelot. The pool deck is packed. They you know better than they were the first time. I'll say that. I saw Hypocrisy again, but only for a part uh, part of their set. Caught Dark Tranquility again because they impressed me so much that first time. I kind of had to go see them a second time, and they changed up their set list. It was really cool. Lucky, I got to see uh, part of the Cryptosis set because I was not going to watch them at 5.15 in the morning the first time. One of the few pure thrash bands, I think, on the trip. There were a handful of others, but they sounded great, and, and I love their last album. They are monsters of, of like technical proficiency, and it was just three guys, but they were all in sync. It was like a well-oiled machine for a band that I don't think tours a ton, although I think they are on Century Media, so like they are kind of a big deal, but like really, really good, a nice surprise. Went to go see Destruction on a Whim. They were outstanding. I have to go check out their back catalog. I thought that they were just really good thrash that kind of complemented Creator well, you know, kind of in the same vein. And then I go to see one more band. I go to see Nightwish on the pool deck along with basically everyone else because when Nightwish played, I don't know if it was in their contract or what, but Nightwish was on by themselves and they had no other bands on the boat playing when Nightwish was doing their sets. I go on the rail for this set and I had very low expectations after, after the prior set. I was blown away. This was one of the best Nightwish shows I've ever seen, which just goes to show you whether it's mood, whether it's location in a venue or whatever, this show was phenomenal. They sounded better. Um, they were, there was more energy. The set list was pretty good considering they were kind of playing you know, some of the stuff from their last album, which I'm not a huge fan of. There are people crowd surfing constantly, which I thought was kind of a weird thing, but I guess people were just getting the last of their energy out. And then I looked to my left about, I don't know, two songs left into the set and who's crowd surfing, but Herman Lee crowd surfing, like, just like <laughs> the guy is everywhere. It was, it was really, really funny. And then after their set, it was about one thirty in the morning. I called it a night and I was off that boat by seven thirty the next morning. Um, grabbed some lunch in Miami downtown, spent most of the day at the airport. It was 85 degrees when I left Miami and eight degrees when I got home to New York city, it literally had dropped about 80 degrees. Uh, I've never been so cold in my life. I didn't have a jacket. I had a hoodie. I was freezing. I got an Uber. And then I had two days to decompress before work this morning. And that was my week. Sounds like a great week. It didn't suck, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I hope you will join me next year. I will speak to the accountant to make sure that uh, it is in the budget for us. But uh, kidding aside, it was it was just a fantastic trip. I highly, highly recommend it. And um 
you know, I, I look forward. They, they, the skipper did announce that there will be a show next year. So that is something to look forward to. I think he realizes that he needs to announce bands a little bit sooner than like, I don't know, a week before. So here, here's hoping that those announcements come within the next, you know, four to six months. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule here and it doesn't look like you missed very many bands at all. Like that's, that's an impressive run. Uh, I, I did miss I did miss Visions of Atlantis. I did catch a lot of partial sets as I kind of outlined. One band that went over exceptionally well that I just didn't really want to see or whatever was Corpaclani, a band that I know that you're into. I saw some videos online. It looks like they put on a really good show, but it's just not my thing. But I know I think you're into them a little bit more than I yeah, am. Yeah, uh, that was a, that was the other band. Keith said them and and uh, Foyer Schwanz was the the two best bands that he saw. So interesting. So the two, two of the sets that I missed, which is kind of ironic, but yep. yeah, I caught, I caught virtually everything else I wanted other than VOA. Um, and it was just great. And like, maybe it was an attention span thing. I don't know, but like seeing 15 minutes here or half an hour here was like more than enough for most bands. And if it was somebody that I had to see, I made a point to see the full sets where, where needed. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that though. Like I like the idea it's of just fresh. Yeah, and plus, like maybe there's bands you just don't want to spend an hour seeing, like it. But you yeah, get a little 20... taste and see a couple songs, and then if you if you if they keep you if they keep you standing there, then great. If they don't, go see somebody else. I mean, it, there's it's not like you're uh, lacking uh, options at any point. No, you know? definitely, definitely plenty of options. Uh, I, I I got home today. Oh, I should say I got home on 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 Friday night. Got a lot done this weekend, and it was back to work today. And uh, had people ask me, you know, what what I did on my week off, and I, you know, I told them the truth. I said I was in Miami for a few days, which is true. I just neglected to mention that I was seeing Rotting Christ in the middle of the Atlantic. So, like, uh, you know, it they, all they can out. listen to the podcast and hear I'm all about sure it. That, I'm sure many of them do, but at least at least for <laughs> now, um, you know, it is what it is. But I got to be honest, it, it was fun. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad I got to kind of recap it for you. Um, and unless you have anything else, I figure we'll get into what we're doing next week. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So we are going to see Power Quest in New York City. No, we're not. Uh, Power, I'm sorry. If I if I had a dollar for every time I did Power, sorry, Power Wolf in New York City. <laughs> uh, if it was Power Quest, I think you'd be a lot happier. But no, we're seeing Power Wolf in New York City. This is a band that, like, I've heard a lot of their material. And I just, I don't know, it doesn't, it's never resonated with me. But I was kind of curious to see this live show. So obviously I grabbed the tickets. So we pulled a recent set list of theirs, and we're going to actually cover the set list as our next episode for the show, just to kind of give a flavor of what, what they're doing on the tour, what albums they're hitting music from, and it's a full headlining set. I think they play about 18 songs. So I look, kind of, I look forward to going through it with you and kind of dissecting it in advance of, of the concert that we see in New York City. Yeah, and we're also hoping to make you more of a fan in the process. I'm going to try my best. I will go in with an open ear. I have uh, lower expectations, which is sometimes a good thing. And then we'll come back with an album of your choosing the following. What did, what did you say? You said somebody described them as Sabaton meets Ghost, I think. was Yes, the... I think. Was it me? I don't know if it was somebody else or me, but that to me, that's what they sound like. Yeah, I think that's a really perfect kind of way because there's the theatrical part of it is very much like both of those bands um the the themes are more ghost but the 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 energy is very sabaton-esque um so i i i like i said in you know previous episode i think that just visually it's going to be really 
impressive, not just, uh, not just sound wise, but I think just the whole presentation I think is going to be really impressive. So, um, uh, we know a lot of people that are coming from out of town, out of way out of town, uh, to see this show. Unfortunately, a lot of people bought tickets before they found out that the band would actually end up playing some more shows further West, I guess. Um, but, uh, everybody seemed already happy with their plans. So, uh, everyone that we're expecting to see is still coming. And, uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be, uh, one, another one of those, um, mini, little mini prog power, uh, pre prog power parties, if you will. Yeah, it, it should be fun. And I will definitely, I look forward to comparing the set list and my kind of commentary on that before the show and see if my opinion changes after the show. But then again, it's possible that I fall in love with this band in the next week or so. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that's that. You can pick an album to kind of close out the month. And then we'll uh, start March, as we always do, uh, with with another request um, of which we've got to figure one out because we've got quite a few in the queue. So we'll, we'll go from there. But keep your requests coming. Give us a like and a follow. It really does help other people find the show. And uh, we'll we'll come back next week with some power quest power. Yep. Wolf, and don't, sorry, for, and don't forget to don't forget to write in your uh, favorite Angra album on our poll on Facebook because uh, uh, the 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 is Angels Cry or Holy Land the better album argument devolved into a uh, an an Angra free for all. So uh. <laughs> well, at least it's not like Aurora Consurgions or whatever because then I would really have to question the person's sanity. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I, I did see uh, Tara Mays wrote in her halo and voted for that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, enjoy the week, bud. I will catch up with you soon. All right, take care, buddy. <laughs>